0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I share my presentation at the University of South Florida Leadership Summit titled Bluer Than Indigo Leadership Alchemizing Your Leadership Capabilities. What makes a great leader. This is the question that so many people have asked themselves industry giants uh, politicians and individuals alike have wondered what makes a great leader this in fact is a, a question that I've been fascinated with since I was really young and for the longest time I've been really curious and interested in what makes a great leader great what are the attributes the characteristics the competencies the capabilities that helps them to be exceptional and to lead great teams and great organizations as i've moved into my professional life i've spent a lot of time studying leadership and its application and how to be effective as a leader within an organizational setting and early on i was struck by the diverse range of leadership theories. There are so many leadership theories that are out there, and each of them have value. Each of them tell us or give us an idea of how we can approach problems and challenges within an organization, within a group, within a team, within various contexts and circumstances. But what I've also learned is that there is no one size fits all, there's no silver bullet to leadership and how to be an effective leader. And in fact, no single leadership theory or model can give us the answer on how to be a really great leader. Years ago, I was sitting in a seminar, and I was in the back of the room, I was kind of observing, and they were presenting a particular model of leadership. Now, it was a a good model. It's, It's one that I, it resonated with me, and I found that it applied in many circumstances, but I was just struck by how limited the model was, that it only fit in certain limited context and i started to think well what is it what truly is it that will make a great leader regardless of the context that we're in and it was at that time that i started to think about the word alchemy alchemy was the medieval forerunner of chemistry a sort of mixture of the arts speculative philosophy and the physical sciences this was before we had the scientific method this was before we we knew how everything worked But we had this desire to change something of value into something of even greater value. This is what I I believe leadership is all about. Each of us have our innate talents, skills, competencies, capabilities. We have these already within us. The question about how to become a great leader is not what brand new things do we necessarily need to figure out, but how do we tap into the resources that are already a part of who we are and how do we apply them into different contexts that will help us to be successful? How do we alchemize our own leadership capacities and capabilities? And from that stage on, I've been in this searching for this idea of how to alchemize my own leadership and going on the journey of self-discovery and trying to figure out what good leadership meant for me and how I could apply that into benefiting the lives of those around me. Now, early in my career, I also had the opportunity to spend several years in South Korea. Now in South Korea, they have Sokdams, they have proverbs. These proverbs are based off of Buddhist and Confucius teachings. They're very deep, they're very meaningful. And I love the Korean people, I love the culture, and I loved having the opportunity over several years to learn the language, learn the culture, and interact with people both in a casual setting as well as in a professional setting at at work. And among the many proverbs that I learned, there are two that have always stuck with me i want to share those with you today and explain how i feel like they fit into my own personal leadership alchemy and i would encourage you to consider how they might apply to yours as well the first is chulam jie chulam jie means bluer than indigo indigo is the bluest of blues the deepest blue it's the most vibrant blue if we want to become bluer than indigo it's to become something truly remarkable something that's truly remarkable and surpasses the the origins, the original. In a sense, it's it's alchemizing what we already have within inside us. It's the synergies of the connections and the relationships of all the people we have around us, and how we leverage that to become something greater than or more than the original components. Chulangie, bluer than indigo, also refers back to the relationship between leader and subordinate, or a teacher and pupil. Now in many Asian cultures, they revere the teacher, they revere the leader, they revere the, the elder. And this has a high place in society. They want you to develop into that kind of a person. And we look to them, as an example, we look to them for their knowledge, for their wisdom. If I'm a teacher or I'm a leader, ultimately, if I'm going to be successful, I believe I need to adopt the mentality that is behind this suktan, this proverb, bluer than indigo, meaning if I'm indigo, I'm that leader, I'm that teacher that people revere, they look up to, I'm their model, but it's not about me. It's not about what my skills, competencies, and capabilities are. It's about them. Being a leader is about developing the people around you. And bluer than indigo means that I'm going to do everything within my power to help those around me to surpass me that I can develop each and every one of them into a greater teacher, a greater leader, more capable, greater levels of competencies and capabilities than I ever had, that they will become bluer than indigo. Embedded within this proverb is the servant leadership mentality, that it's not about me, it's not about my accomplishments, it's about how I leverage my expertise and my accomplishments to support, develop, and build and lift the people around me. I love this proverb. It is so meaningful to me and I encourage you to think about how bluer than indigo can apply to your own professional life. What can you learn from this and how you might develop your people? It requires humility. It requires self-sacrifice. It requires both a combination of competence and confidence but also meekness and humility. The truly great leaders are not those that puff out their chest and try to make themselves look really good and and overly confident. The great leaders are those with a quiet, confident, calm, who are willing to do the hard work each and every day to drive sustainable success for their people. and They know that success in their organization, success in their team, is not going to come through them. They're just one person. It's going to come through the collective efforts of everyone on the team, everyone in the organization. And you're only going to maximize the output, the performance, uh, and the productivity. You're only going to maximize those outputs as you develop and invest in each and every individual in that organization and help them to truly maximize their human capital potential. I love Bluer Than Indigo. Another proverb that I really just love and I, I learned very early on is umul anegeguri. Umul anegeguri means frog in a well. Now imagine for a moment that you're the frog at the bottom of a well. Down at the bottom of a well, it's cold, it's dark, it's wet. Uh, it's it, If it's deep, you're really not going to have access to much of anything. So you're stuck, you're trapped. If you look up you're only going to see a small pillar of sky of light above you and in fact your whole world is limited your whole existence is limited by the depth of where you're at in that well i'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from hci press bluer than indigo leadership the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader early in my adult life i learned about an asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo if you think about the color indigo it is a brilliant deep and vibrant blue what some would call the bluest of blues to have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable contrary to popular myth and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals teams and organizations frog and well is utilized in the korean culture to describe someone who might walk around with blinders on, someone who's kind of oblivious to the world around them. Now, each and every single one of us is like a frog at the bottom of a well. We're all born within a particular context with uh, certain family dynamics, family values, broader cultural and societal norms and values. These shape the wells that we find ourselves in. And in our upbringing, we are raised within certain ideologies, whether that be political, socioeconomic, religious, whatever the case may be, we have our own sets of beliefs, our own values, our own norms, our own ideologies, and that is the well that we're in. Now, each of those ideologies, they have some value, right? And there are so many other people that have different backgrounds, different perspectives, and come from different upbringings with their own ideologies. But we can't see it when we're at the bottom of a well. So when we're young children, As we're going through the stages of moral, ethical and cognitive development, we start to develop, learn more. We interact with others who are different than us. We start to to experience difference and we start to see that things aren't perhaps as simple as we thought they were when we were at the bottom of a well. And over time, we figuratively rise out of the well. We raise up, we come higher. And ultimately, the higher we get, the more we see, the more sky, the more of the landscape. And once we get to the top of that well, when we peek our little frog head out above that well and we look around for the first time, we see the full expanse of the sky. We see all of the landscape. We see the mountains, the rivers, the streams. We see all of the beautiful vegetation and we see all of the animal life. When we're at the bottom of a well, we're probably pretty safe because there's probably not a lot of predators out there trying to get us. We're safe, but we're limited. This is very similar to how we engage with the world as we develop and grow and learn, and as we mature and move into adulthood, and into, into our professional life. The question is, how are we going to cope with the changes that we see once we get to the top of the well? How are we going to deal with difference? And as a leader, it's our opportunity to model for our people the value of diversity the importance of equity and inclusion, and to create a culture of belonging, meaning, purpose where everyone can feel wanted, valued, needed, and to have everyone can have the opportunity, the capability um, daily to do what they do best and to contribute in meaningful ways to their teams and to their organizations. That's our job as a leader to develop our people and to help them develop a growth mindset that will lead them towards uh continual development and ultimately to help the organization succeed. Now, what happens when we get to the top of the well is that people tend to choose one of a few different types of options. Now, this is, of course, overly simplistic. There's a whole range of things that you can do. But imagine for a moment, three main options. Option one, you get to the top of the well, you look around, it's beautiful, but it's scary. And you're really used to your well, you're comfortable there, you're safe there, you're secure there, it's consistent, it's what you know. And so you just decide, you know, this isn't for me, I'm going to retreat back down into my well. That's what some people do. That's what a lot of people do, frankly. And they they revert back down into their, their ideologies, even their biases, their prejudices. And, and their worldview is limited and focused on what they know, and not everything else that's out there. Another option is that we can look around, and, and when we peek our little head outside the well, we start to notice for the first time that there are literally thousands of wells dotting the landscape. There's wells all over the place, each with its own little frog peek, peeking its head out, looking around, and we see all these different uh, frogs We, in addition to all the animal life and all of the, the vegetation and all of the landscape. And we get curious and we think, wow, well, my, my well was, was confining it. I felt stuck. I felt trapped. I'm really curious about what these other wells have in store. So I'm going to go explore. So you go explore, you go look around and you go from well to well, to well, and you explore and you, you find another well that seems really comfortable to you. And it's different than the well you were raised in. And because of that you know, and you, you know, the limitations of your own well that you were raised in, you ultimately decide to trade your well for the new well. In essence, you're trading ideology for ideology. And this happens all the time that, that individuals, particularly as we move into adulthood, that we, we trade one set of biases, one set of norms and values, one set of even prejudices, prejudices that we trade one set for another set. And we just go down deep into a new ideology. And that becomes our limited worldview and our focus. And a lot of people do that, too. Now, is reverting back down to a well, whether it be your own well or whether it be another well, is that the only option? Is that the only uh, two choices that we have? Well, no. There is the opportunity, and and fewer individuals do this. Um, Cognitive development, moral, and ethical development theories and research show that a relatively small number of people, a small number of adults actually choose to do this. But there are some who choose to embrace the messiness, embrace the ambiguity, and embrace the uncertainty of life. That is life outside the well, outside of their comfort zone, outside of what they came to know and experience as a child, as a young adult. And they're going to embrace the messiness. And they're, they're going to recognize that yes, there are dangers, but there is freedom. They go hand in hand, and they lean into the messiness. That is what I hope I can do as a leader. I hope I can be that frog outside the well. I hope that I can model that kind of a philosophy, that kind of a mentality in word and deed to all of the people that I lead and serve within my organization. I hope that they can see the value of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, and that it's so important that we can recognize the beauty that comes from each well across the landscape. That doesn't mean we have to give up all of our values, all of those things that we learned through our upbringing, but it does mean we need to learn to genuinely value, respect, and appreciate what other people bring with them from their backgrounds and their various perspectives. Ultimately, to become a great leader, what do we need to do? There is no easy answer. There's no one-size-fits-all. There's no silver bullet. I can't just give you a model and say, do these things and you'll be a great leader. But I believe that if we can apply these two proverbs, these two sokdams, chulam umul anegeguri, bluer than indigo, frog in a well. If we can apply the principles from these two proverbs, we can maintain intellectual humility. We can be committed to serving and developing the people around us. And ultimately we can embrace diversity and inclusion, and we can strive to create a truly welcoming, inviting, psychologically safe environment where everyone can thrive, that we can model growth mindset and help everyone around us develop, that that is how we will be able to lean in to our capacities as a leader. Each of us is going to do it a little differently. Each of us is going to fumble each of us is going to trip and fall and we just need to be able to get back up we need to try again and we need as long as we do it with genuine caring genuine appreciation towards the people around us and they know and recognize that we want them to maximize their potential and we're going to do everything we can to help them to do that as long as we can do that people will be forgiving of our weaknesses they'll be forgiving of uh, our missteps and ultimately together we can develop relationships of mutual accountability and trust, and we can learn to thrive together. The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership Ordinary, Everyday Actions that Produce Extraordinary Results.